everyone. Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody. So today you're going to be hearing from Nicole Mariline. She is a psychic, medium, meditation teacher, and she's a mentor as well. And I had the pleasure of meeting her a few months ago through the Den Meditation Studio. And I just noticed how beautifully she holds space for her community. And she's such a warm and inviting spirit. And, you know, I find that I really look up to her both as someone who embraces their intuitive gifts and has really developed them and also as a businesswoman. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. And I'll tell you a little bit more about her before we dive in. Um, So Nicole really struggled with numerous health issues a little while ago and found that she was continuing to hit dead ends. So she finally turned inward and reconnected to her spirituality, which led to everything that she's up to now. And to heal herself, she worked through those subconscious blocks, energetic bonds, even entity attachments, generational trauma, worthiness issues, etc. I know that we can all relate to so many of these things. And I think this community, we're all just on a mission to continue to unravel and come back to ourselves and our essence. So that's what Nicole did. And that's what she's teaching now. And her healing journey was so powerful and effective that she knew that it was her path and her purpose to share this understanding. So like I was saying, she's now a certified intuitive healer, medium and meditation guide. So enjoy this episode. You can find Nicole on Instagram at Nicole Mariline. Um, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and at the lifted podcast. So hit us up, let us know what you're thinking, what you're learning. We'd love to hear from you. And I will talk to you on the flip side. The first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Yeah, well, thank you first off for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And I love that question. You know, I'm actually not naturally the most, you know, vibrant morning person. And I think that's something that I like to share because I feel like in this world, everyone's like morning routine and we're all so up and excited in the morning. And I'm like that now, but you know, it wasn't until I really moved in with my partner and he's a like early riser. And I'm like, okay, I need to kind of, you know, get on that train a little bit. And now that I have a morning routine, it is so sacred to me. And even if you're not necessarily a natural morning riser, I feel like what has helped me kind of become a better morning person is by having a routine. And so mine is very much, I wake up, I have to work out right away. That's just something that for me, my life is very busy and I feel like when I push things off, then they just don't happen. So I work out right away, which is just movement of any sort is so important for me. Growing up as a dancer, it just kind of helps me get into my body very quickly. I spend a lot of my time, you know, channeling kind of out of my body. And so having that kind of grounding morning practice of movement I then move into, you know, taking a shower and I always do red light and a gua sha, which I just, I love skincare. I've battled with a lot of skin issues in my life. And so really having a very kind of ritualistic skincare practice feels very, not only nourishing, but 
again, grounding and very supportive. Um, and I love doing a red light. I'll either meditate or I'll do a gua sha with that. And then of course, you know, move into meditation. And if I have time, I like to journal and kind of maybe pull some cards for myself. But uh, the main things I would say are movement, some sort of red light, gua sha, skincare ritual, and the meditation. I think that is just the best way for me to kind of start my day and then move into whatever comes my way. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm really grateful that you did mention as well, like not everybody's naturally really sparked and ready to go in the morning. I'm definitely not either. And I think it took finding out that my human design was a projector. This is kind of like understanding my energy waves. What's your human design? Do you know? I'm a manifesting generator. Cool. So I should have energy in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It just validated me because I'm like, why do I struggle? But I love that. It's really just like, like you said, like before the day gets started, it's like your time, like your sacred time. And it might get lost in the fray of everything if we don't focus on it. Yeah. Cool. And red light, is it like a mask that you're putting on? I need, I need to get in the know on the red light. So it's actually this like red light kind of, how would you describe it? Like, it's kind of like a box and I sit in front of it. Um, and it, you know, has really just changed my skin in a beautiful way. And I also just like all the healing properties. I'm all about healing. And so, you know, whether that's doing energy work or something like this, a red light, and I mean, maybe I don't need to use it every day, but it's become a part of my routine. And I just feel, I feel like my skin is more vibrant. I'm more vibrant. It kind of brings in another layer of kind of energetic healing into my body before I even start opening up. And so I just feel like, again, I really like to ground in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll talk about my work and I do so much. I feel like grounding of any sort, whether it's meditation, doing something like a red light, you know, going outside, putting your feet into the earth, whatever it is, is also just so important. So that, that red light kind of grounds me down and also makes me feel just a bit rejuvenated. I like to do things that kind of wake me up. So yeah. yeah. And the color, the color red must be helpful in a way to do that. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've battled with skin issues forever. I'm finally on like a six month streak, but I'm always curious about like what, what helps and, and, you know, the, the more natural, the better. Very cool. So yeah, let's dive into the work that you're doing. I'm so curious. Like there's, there's so much that you're giving and you, and I've been just kind of stalking your Instagram all day, like (laughs) looking back on your videos and everything, but can you just tell people like just about yourself and, and what kind of work you're doing? Yeah. So I am an intuitive healer. I'm a spiritual mentor. I'm also a medium and my work, it really, it's a wide range of things. You know, I work a lot one-on-one with women in particular, and that work, we are doing a lot of healing. So diving in, you know, working with spirit guides, working with loved ones who have passed, doing energetic healing in the body, releasing, letting go, reprogramming. And I think what I love so much about the work that I do is it's the work that saved me. And I think when you find something that has really helped you, and then you get the gift of being able to then share it with others, It just makes everything so much more impactful and more empowering. And, you know, through my work, yes, I'm channeling and working with guides, but I've also kind of taken on this role of just being a cheerleader. And I feel like so many women in particular just need that. You know, maybe we don't have someone who's really rooting for us no matter what, or maybe we don't feel connected because 
there is a lack of support or love in our life. And so, you know, through this healing work, I've been able to really kind of step into this empowerment role, which feels so incredible. And I mean, it's not only me, it's the guides, you know, everything that I do is channeling through our spirit guides, which we all have. And they are our, you know, kind of embedded spirit team and cheerleading team, which every single one of us is able to communicate with and connect with. And so, yeah, it's been quite a wild ride and it's been opening up in so many beautiful ways. And I just feel so honored to work with women, guide women, support women, and really just show women how much light and love that they have within them. I love that. You know, and I haven't heard somebody explain it as like unconditional, like cheerleader support system, because I think for, for someone like me, I guess I sometimes take it for granted that I have a sister, for example, that's just like always there. But a lot of people like really don't have that. And we need somebody to really help us stabilize and just know that we're, we're seen and loved and heard. So I appreciate that perspective so much. So, I mean, let's backtrack a little bit. I'm so curious to know about how you stepped into your gifts when you started to work with spirit and, um, and channel and what has your like journey looked like up until now? My journey has been interesting, like so many people's, right? I feel like it's called a spiritual journey for a reason. We're always on it. We're always changing, shifting. And I grew up in a really special house where my, you know, health was very important and nurtured. My, both my parents are in functional medicine. So there's always been kind of this through line of health is the foundation of everything. And so I feel very lucky in the fact that I grew up in that house, you know, not to say we didn't have fun and eat things and, you know, we kind of played around still, but there was this foundation of, okay, your health is everything. And from there, you know, my father taught me how to meditate when I was really young. He would, I have this memory of him like standing on magnets in the garage. He does a lot of um, martial arts and so a lot of energy work. And he would like bring us out onto his magnets and kind of show us how to connect to the earth and like visualize tree trunks. And so growing up in an environment that really nurtured that and it wasn't weird or different, it just kind of was. Um, I feel like because of that, that really allowed me to explore topics like astrology and meditation and lucid dreaming and things that were very interesting to me as a kid. And I was able to really kind of take those with me. And so I've, I would say I've always had a spiritual side to me. I think then, you know, you grow up, you go to high school, maybe you go to college and things change. And maybe that's not really as celebrated if that's not what's happening in your group of friends. And so I think those sides of me kind of got a little bit quieter for some time. Um, I also was in a very difficult, abusive relationship for about five, six years of my life, kind of like 16, 21 area, very impactful years, years that are very confusing in general. And then to add on that layer of, you know, extreme trauma was also very difficult. And so I feel like in those years, I really lost touch with um, my gifts, my spiritual side. Um, I used to see spirits all the time, my father and I, when we were kids. And so again, like it was just very normal. And then as I grew up, I kind of started to, you know, okay, maybe that's not really what I want to explore. Maybe that's not really cool and things like that. And it wasn't until kind of moving out of college, I started to have a difficult time. Um, The relationship that I was in, it ended up in a sudden passing. And so there was a lot of 
grief, but also, you know, also this energy of freedom for the first time. And so that was really difficult to navigate as, you know, a 21 year old who was just unsure of the world and herself. And so it took me a couple of years to kind of, you know, do the corporate job and explore the roles that I thought I was supposed to lead in society until I finally got to a place of, okay, I'm at my breaking point. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I know there's these depths within me that I haven't explored or maybe I've been afraid to. And things just kind of got to that point, which I'm sure so many people who are listening can really relate to that. You know, you get to a point in your life where it's just like, what am I doing? What is going on? Who am I? You know, what are these things that I've been hiding from? And so at that point, I ended up quitting my corporate job, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to also this story, kind of having that itch of, okay, I need to change. Like I need to quit. I need to do something different. I quit that corporate job. And this was kind of my first inkling of a huge intuition hit. And I teach a lot about intuition. I have a course on intuition. And this is one of the stories that I really share because it was the first time that I was like, oh, that's my intuition. Like I need to follow it. And so I had quit my corporate job and I had this other, you know, dream corporate job at the time. And I had it lined up. I was so excited for it. And right before I was moving into that new job, I think it was like the night before I was like, I can't do it. I don't know why my body shut down. I kept hearing like, no, no, Nicole, like, don't do it. Don't do it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, how can I, like, I don't have another job and I'm starting tomorrow. Like, what am I doing? I remember calling my mom and she was just kind of like, I mean, you need to listen to that. Like, and so again, coming back to my parents, always very supportive in maybe, you know, the different things that I've explored in my life. And so I ended up not taking that job. And, you know, that took me into six months of being jobless in LA, unsure of who I was, searching, you know, applying to every single job, going to all the interviews, you know, everything that I thought I should be doing. And this is where meditation came back into my life. And so I did have to go through that, you know, kind of breaking point and that confusion and those six months of like, what am I doing? to then find myself meditating again. I started volunteering at The Den, which is meditation studio in LA. I started volunteering there, kind of started to reconnect with myself. I was like, wait, I love this. Couldn't afford it, so I had to volunteer. And I then ended up getting a job there. And I have been there for, I think it was around four years before I recently moved on from there. And that changed my life. And from there, you know, reconnecting with meditation, it was like everything just started to open up. Um, I started to do some deep healing work because I started to have a lot of different health issues, which I knew were manifesting from somewhere. Um, you know, coming off of college, I, I got back, I lost, you know, weight, the college weight, like we all do, but then things just started to come back and I started to have different gut issues, skin issues, health issues, and I followed my intuition and I found out through different healings that a lot of it was trauma-based and I was holding on to so much trauma, so much energy, a bunch of other stuff. And it wasn't until I started to do that type of healing work, which is some of the healing work I do today for my clients, that everything really started to change. And so after doing some of that healing work, kind of experiencing, oh, wow, like this is what I've been holding on to. I 
then started to learn that I had those gifts as well. And it was almost like a remembering and everything just kind of started flowing from there. Mm. Yeah, so much in there that I mean, I can personally relate to as well. And I think it's so interesting that sometimes it takes being like pushed up against a wall and having such a clear, like visceral response to something to make a change. And it's like, never truly comfortable, is it? But yeah. it never is. No, I had the same situation happen, like leaving a corporate job, quitting, running off to Thailand and coming back to New York City at the time being like, I have to be working in mindfulness and meditation and be surrounded by women I just really can learn from to move forward. So yeah, I can relate so deeply to that. And it, it did. It's also like cool to know that like, if you're going to work, you can work in a world and make money and have a career that feels very in alignment. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good to know that as well. So I'm also, you know, I am so curious to know as well about like how you kind of train yourself. Is there any kind of training that you do with yourself? Um, to open yourself up more to working with spirit and like, like mediumship training, what does that practice look like for you when you're connecting? Yeah. So I went through some specific certifications and training to do kind of intuitive healing work. And, but from there, you know, mediumship just started happening for me and it was a very interesting experience. Um, I later, you know, through some of the certifications I did, like properly trained but at the same time I don't ever really use that training because the way it comes through for me is just how it comes through and that's how I knew like okay there's definitely something here because people just want to come through and talk and it happens so naturally but to go back to your question you know things that I do on the daily just for myself to kind of get myself into that intuitive state is first and foremost meditation I think meditation is such a powerful tool for so many of us to use. And, you know, I'm not really talking about mindfulness meditation. I'm really specifically talking about psychic energy healing styles of meditation. And that kind of brings me to another thing where I didn't really connect with meditation once I come, once I kind of came back into it, I was really focusing on mindfulness and I was really kind of diving into that route because I thought that was just that's really what I thought was out there. You know, I didn't have the education at that time to understand, oh my gosh, there's so much. And I share that because I feel like it's so important for someone who's starting a meditation practice to try everything, you know, try everything until you find the thing that actually works for you and then dive into that. I think people can kind of get a little, you know, I tried it, it didn't work for me. I'm just, you know, it's not for me. And I think that that resistance to trying something else, it can just, it can wash away once you find the thing that really works for you. So the work that I kind of do to get me really in touch with spirit is a lot of grounding, a lot of running my energy, connecting with source, and really just getting out of my own way. I teach a lot about this in my course, Awaken, kind of getting out of the analytical mind and moving into our intuitive minds. All of us have this ability. All of us are intuitive. All of us have the ability connect, to connect with spirit. It's really just getting out of our own way, you know, letting go of the fears, letting go of the programming of why it's bad to connect with spirit. Maybe you've had a past life where you were punished for this type of work. You know, there's so much in there. And so once you kind of start learning about yourself and how you can connect, getting out of your own way, kind of really dropping into your body and just being open to listen, 
that's really where the magic will start to happen. And so I do a lot of those practices, just kind of get myself connected and it, it begins to happen. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, when you do like a psychic meditation, for example, what does that meditation look like? Yeah. So some of the psychic meditations that I do, you know, they're, they're a little bit of energy work, a little bit of psychic work. And I think the best way to to describe them would be they're all coming from your intuitive space. So I actually teach that your intuition isn't just from your third eye. It actually comes from these top three chakras. So your throat, the way that you can speak out into the world, your third eye, your ability to see, and also your crown, your ability to kind of connect and have that inner knowing and that global knowing with spirit. And so when we meditate, you know, a lot of different meditations can bring your awareness to different parts of the body. And I find that in most of the psychic meditations that I've been in or the ones that I teach are all coming into your intuitive space, behind your eyes, back into the center of your head. And from that space, then you can work with different tools and you can kind of have different visualization experiences and you can call spirit in from that space. But I think maybe the most easy way to kind of define it from a different type of meditation would, it's all coming from that intuitive or psychic space. If you've been feeling called to up-level in some area of your life, whether it's professionally, personally, in your relationships, perhaps it's a project that you've been wanting to launch and get off the ground, I've created a one-on-one mentorship series, a six-week container where you and I will work intimately together to clear out any subconscious and energetic blocks that might be holding you back from stepping into that next version of yourself that you've been envisioning for so long. We're going to be working through habit formation, uh, confidence building. We're going to be taking you through guided meditations and personalized EFT tapping, workbook prompts. It's really going to be a personalized system for getting you to that level that you've been envisioning for so long. So if you're interested in that, you can go to helendenham.com mentorship and learn more about it. All right, back to the episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And then when you are experiencing like um, an energy coming in, a spirit who's, you know, in a different realm, how do you, or how did you begin to differentiate that from your own inner voice um, so that you was, were you sure? Like, was there any kind of like, like, how do you characterize it? I guess. Yeah, this is, this is a fun one. Um, And this is something that I teach a lot about because the biggest thing, the biggest block I find with people is they can't differentiate the two. And, you know, I call it either your inner critic or your intuition. And we can also talk about spirit in that space too. And I think the first thing is really starting to understand and learn about your inner critic, your doubts, your fears. You know, what do those sound like? How do those come through for you? Because when we are, let's say we're talking about intuition, and if you're trying to decipher if something's, you know, a doubt or a fear or an intuitive hit coming through, they're going to sound or feel or however you experience them very different. And I'll use an example for myself. You know, my inner critic, she's loud. She likes to talk a lot. She usually comes in like kind of the back of my head very intensely. And there's a lot of kind of spiraling with my inner critic. And so now that I have that definition of her, I also teach my students to give her a name, you know, give her a name, give her a voice, give her her whole identity, because that really separates us 
from that inner critic, from that different identity. And then you can be aware of her, you know? So when she comes in, she's spinning, she's loud, she's very negative. She's kind of yelling at me and she's, I'm pointing over here because she's always coming in over here. And then I can be like, okay, you know, that's my inner critic. I know that's not my intuition. I know that's not spirit trying to talk to me. Like, and then you can kind of, you know, put her away, say goodbye for now. Like, really don't want to listen to you. (laughs) And then, you know, when spirit comes in, so once you've kind of worked in that space and you've really identified and defined your inner critic, then you can start really understanding, well, how does my intuition come in? You know, is it softer? Do I get a tingle? How do I feel inside? Is it comforting? And that's really a great place to start with defining the two. And then you can start to listen to the two. For me, for spirit, spirit comes in in very specific ways for me. And I just... it's kind of hard to explain because I just kind of know there's just this knowing that happens. And also, you know, I ask them, you know, who are you? Like, who, who are you? Who's coming in right now? What's coming in? They usually come in on my left hand side. They're usually a bit softer of an energy and they, they usually like to say who they are or they like to kind of make it known that there's a spirit coming through. There's a loved one coming through. Um, but it is a very different experience than that inner critic. And I think for anyone listening, if you want to try this at home, you know, think about a time where you were really doubting yourself or fear was coming in, or maybe you were trying to make a big decision, but you weren't sure and see how the inner critic sounds and write it down, you know, journal about it. So you can have something to look at and be like, okay, I know this is my inner critic. And so I'm going to push that aside. And now I'm going to welcome in, you know, spirit, my intuition, that inner knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about this work and our experiences because it's almost like we don't quite yet have the words in the English language to yeah. describe what it feels like. Like, I feel this sometimes when I see an incredible space in nature, or I think about astronauts trying to describe, like, looking at Earth when they're yeah. like up in space. Like, we don't even have the words. So it's like, it's a feeling for sure. Yeah, I understand what you're, you're saying here. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what else did I want to touch on you with about mediumship as well? Oh, well, a heavy hitter question. So what is your perception of like what happens when our energy leaves these physical bodies? Like, um, what are you experiencing as you're connecting with these spirits? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, what I've really experienced, and I'll kind of start with a lot of the loved ones who come through, they're around and they're here. And something that is kind of a common theme with pretty much every loved one who comes in to visit in a session is they just want us to know that they've never left. They're not gone. They're not far away. And they're still here. Um, My experience and kind of what I've been shown is they have this ability to visit and kind of be with people, even in a deeper way than maybe they were when they were alive. I find that a lot too, especially with parents, grandparents, um, men, a lot of men who come through, you know, they had limitations in their physical body because of how they were brought up, because of the role that they played, you know, whatever it was that they were in in this society, their physical body limited them from communicating love, from showing love, from showing up for their loved ones, for their daughter, whatever it is. And so once they pass, you know, it's hard to wrap your mind around here because we're so attached to our bodies and our life and living and being young. 
But once we cross, it's like joy and just peace and happiness. And they're freed of all the, you know, limitations that we do have in this physical body. And I think that's one of the biggest and most beautiful lessons that they share is now I can love you and I can show you love the way that I always wanted to, but I, I couldn't maybe speak it or I didn't have the words or there was distance, whatever it was. And I think, you know, it gives me the chills even talking about that because that's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so that would be maybe the first thing that I really experienced with mediumship and kind of what, you know, these different spirits show me. And there's still a lot of gray area, you know, I feel like we're so obsessed with having the answer. And I think every time I ask spirit, you know, questions like that, they're kind of always, they're very funny. I feel like guides have a lot of humor and they kind of like to poke fun with us humans because we're all like, what is the answer? You know, we want to know it all. Like, what is heaven like? Like, where do we go? And they're always just like, love, peace. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You're not going anywhere, but you're just becoming love. And so some of my experiences are really just that of love. But I think specifically with, you know, loved ones who have passed, they do have this ability to be with you at all times. And some of them turn into, you know, your spirit guides and they're with you and they're surrounding you and they're able to be with, you know, all your brothers and sisters and family members at one time. And they're really just not that far away. So for anyone who has lost a loved one, if you see a feather, if you hear a song, whatever the sign is, if there's something that's catching your eye and it reminds you of a memory or whoever it is that has passed, it is them. Mm-hmm. So, so affirm that for yourself, you know, thank them for the sign and welcome in more signs from them because they're all like just right here waiting for us to open up to that or notice the things that they're kind of dropping those little breadcrumbs breadcrumbs for us. Mm-hmm. It's very comforting to have that perspective because I feel like the huge kind of spiritual shift for so many of us is kind of releasing generally a fear of dying and releasing such a heavy attachment to the body and knowing that it's going to be okay. And it's so fascinating, like that humans even have the capacity to be so curious, like we're all obsessed, you know, what's going to happen when we die this is why all the churches have formed so that we can have a safety blanket in a way. And it's just interesting that like we are so curious and I think even having the ability to question it means that we're capable of um, just amazing, amazing things. And I love that you called it a remembering even rather than an awakening because it, it does feel like ancient wisdom that's getting tapped into as we, as we harness our gifts more, more like, in, you know, intentionally in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is all remembering, you know, mm-hmm. if, whether you believe in past lives or not, we've all been here before. We've been experiencing this, you know, there's purpose and reason for everything. And we are all so connected. I think once we can see that and even just accept it, even just a simple act of accepting, okay, I accept that I am connected to the universe. I'm connected to everyone who is here. I'm connected to spirit. I am, you know, a spirit having this human experience. I feel like even just saying that and doing that and kind of putting that out there, let's go of some of these, you know, human blocks that we put up and these walls and all of these questions that we have. And it can just bring a sense of peace because that's really been my experience with, you know, the other side, the upper world, whatever you want to call it. 
there's an energy of peace that we're all craving so deeply, but we have it within already. Yeah. It's like this really beautiful act of surrendering too and realizing that like this is supposed to be like, I think fun at the end of the day. So how can we make joy and play like a top priority um, and end our suffering in a way with all of these limitations, as you're saying, you know, and and just give it up, give it to God. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And like play is so important. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do in this work is all around the energy of play. You know, all of my students who come in, we're always pulling our vibration up to the vibration of play because that's where we're really supposed to live. You know, we're supposed to be in play. We're supposed to be playful. That's where our imagination lives. That's where our curiosities can come from. That's where we can connect and laugh and have, you know, joyful time. And so play is such a powerful energy and I don't think that we give it enough credit. I totally agree. It's just like, that's like classic raising your vibration. How can you like raise it and get happier and like laugh? And yeah, I'm doing everything I can to just stay like in that place where I'm like constantly kind of giggling a little bit and it feels good. Yes, Um, Right. I wanted to go into past lives a little bit with you too, because this is where I get curious as well about like the different realms. So do you feel like when somebody passes, they can kind of hang out in this middle ground and choose to be energetic and then they could choose to go into a different body and a different lifetime or like, where do past lives come into this where we have multiple physical bodies that we travel through? Yes. Great question. So some of my experience is it really comes down to the spirit and kind of their choice and, and also, you know, what they experienced in the lifetime. So, you know, once we leave this physical body, I have, I have been shown that there is kind of this period of integration and learning. It's almost like they have this experience with one of their spirit guides, kind of an elder in that world, a master, and they kind of go through the life, you know, what happened? What did we do? What did we learn? What did we experience? It's almost like a little crash course per se. And, you know, from there, I've, I'm just kind of like asking to see if there's anything that they want to share. There really is just what the spirit wants to do next. You know, there's different contracts that we have of, okay, you know, you walk through this life, but this was the real purpose. You know, before we come into a life, there are things that are decided, right? There are lessons for us to learn. There are people for us to experience and work with. And so if those things, as they happen, as they play out, if the same patterns were repeated, if not to say mistakes, because I don't really think that there's necessarily mistakes, right? I feel like it's all a learning of some sort. And so kind of, yeah, like kind of what they're sharing with me is, you know, it's a spirit's choice. And so when the spirit is ready, you know, maybe after they've visited their loved ones and they've kind of done different work or they've integrated and they feel ready, they can choose to then go back into another body, another lifetime, whatever it is. And, you know, we can talk about time. Time is such an interesting thing to discuss. And this kind of linear concept of everything happens in one order. That's not really my experience with spirit. And so that's a whole, you know, you could spend so much time talking about time. And I think just coming back to that idea of past lives, the way that I work with past lives is I really help people heal from their past lives. And so whenever a past life comes up in a reading in one of my intuitive healings, 
it's always coming up for a specific purpose or a specific healing or for to kind of bring insight on something they're experiencing now. And there's a lot of different patterns that we can find. And so, for example, you know, I had a client today, we were working in her throat and there was a couple lifetimes that came forward where she was punished for using her voice or she was, you know, she passed away because of X, Y, and Z all coming back to the throat. And so when these lifetimes come up in that way, kind of in a healing um, space, they always signify to me, she's ready to let go of that. She's ready to kind of clear that pattern. She's ready to start something new and kind of rewrite the rest of this lifetime. And so when we clear that, when we give that a healing, we're not only giving you kind of your physical body, this person right here now a healing, but we're also helping to orchestrate a healing on those past lives. And so coming back to time, you know, we're doing a healing now in this present moment, but we're healing different lifetimes before and, you know, maybe even in the future as well. And so past lives are fascinating. I think they're so interesting. And I find that they really just help connect different dots in our life and help us to also just understand maybe why we might do something or we might have a deep fear or we might not be able to get over a certain thing or a certain experience. And that could be really tied into a past life in some way. Yeah. It reminds me of like, you know, different roles that we might be bringing on in different lifetimes too. Like I have a very strong feeling that I was my mom's mom in a past life or because I feel very maternal and protective over her in this one. And I've, you know, she might think that would be weird to say, but um, it happens all the time. Friends, you know, mother and daughter, there's always interesting dynamics with that. You know, you could have been sisters, you could have been friends, you could have been had, you know, different roles, you could have been her grandmother. There's, and that that isn't just with, you know, our family members, it's also with friends. You know, all the people in my experience and kind of what I've been shown, all the people in our lives, whether it's family members or a best friend, even, you know, a boss, anyone who plays some sort of an important piece of your life in all the different, you know, phases of your life, more often than not, you guys are part of some sort of soul family Mm -hmm. and, you know, your spirits will always find each other. And I think it's kind of a fun thing to think about, you know, I wonder what we were in a past life together. We have this deep connection. I just met a friend the other day and it was like, we both were like, oh my gosh, like we were definitely, you know, soul sisters in another lifetime. And you can just feel that. Totally. I remember coming into the house that I'm in in Topanga right now. And the first day that I came in here, I met like, they're like my family now. I live with all guys, like all my brothers. And I remember meeting my, my, one of my housemates, Chumash, and we looked at each other. We were like, we have met before. And we sat down and pulled cards together. We did a little drumming and just like tried to unpack it because it was so clear, which is so special when we get those like intuitive hits when we were just like, what are we doing here? It's fascinating. Yeah. It also makes me think about like the only reason I feel like I'm attached to time is because I'm seeing my body age. Like if our bodies weren't aging and getting weathered, we might have a completely different understanding of this. It's just like so physical. Um, Do you remember any of your past lives or, or any kind of healing that you've gone through personally? Yeah, I have done quite a lot of healing on my past lives. Um, I've always had the understanding that I'm an old soul. I remember my mom, I mean, she took me to like a healer when I was younger. We did, we did a lot of interesting things, you know, 
And um, she said when I was very young that I was a very old soul and there was just a lot that I was going to, you know, experience. And I think for anyone who goes through trauma, you know, there's a lot underneath that. And I think what's underneath the trauma is really just getting back to our gifts. And when we experience trauma, I just, I really truly believe that there's so much healing that is meant to come through that. And later in life, whenever you, you know, kind of have that awakening or remembering, it is so incredibly powerful. And so for me, when I started kind of doing some of this work, I, there was a lot of different past lives that were very traumatic and really, you know, kind of echoed the same trauma that I experienced in this lifetime, maybe on a a different scale, because a lot of the past lives, you know, I think we all have this idea. We were like Kings and Queens and we were just like so decorated and living these fabulous lives. And that's just honestly really not the case. And I always, whenever I'm doing any sort of past life work with people, I always kind of prep them with that. I'm like, you know, there was a lot of brutality. There was a lot of violence. Um, There was a lot that happened in the years, you know, before us. And so, but I'll share one of my past lives. Well, quite a few. Um, I, when I was young when I was like in first grade, I used to tell everyone that I was from Egypt and I'm like, don't know why I was fascinated by Egypt. I had this whole story. I told my teacher, I told all my friends, I'm not from Egypt, but you know, I had this whole thing and I kind of forgot about that. I've always been obsessed with Egypt. I mean, who isn't? It's so fascinating. And as I got older and I started, you know, kind of exploring some of my past lives, I had many other ones from Europe and a lot of us who do this work have many lifetimes and, you know, a lot of them are usually from some sort of witchcraft and you know, many of us were witches in a past life. And so I, I kind of expected those. And when those would come through, I'm like, okay, yeah, like amazing. I, I felt those. And then one of, when I was doing healing, a past life from Egypt came forward and the healer I was working with was like, you lived many of your past lives in Egypt. And then I had that remembering of first grade when I used to tell people that I was from Egypt and it all started to click. And a lot of the Egyptian lives that I lived are very, very similar to a lot of the experiences now. And so they're very relevant for my life. And I've been doing, I have done a lot of healing work on them and they always seem to come up. Um, And it's just, I think that story is kind of funny because, you know, as kids, we're so connected and we know all these things, but we don't have the vocabulary or the words to really express it. And when she told me that, I just cracked up and I told my mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, do you remember when I told everyone I was from Egypt? And she's like, yep, I do. I'm like, I really was. Like, it all makes sense. I love hearing this too, because like when people tell me what they experience, I can almost see it come through their face. Like when you said, like I had past lives in Egypt, like your eyes, I was just like, yeah, she was <laughs> It's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I did one that was, it's interesting. Like, and I also feel like a lot of the lessons are coming in through this lifetime with, um, I had two lives in like this like medieval town that I saw where one of them, I was like this very poor man, like a peasant, like um, looking for food, starving. And I could see like this um, castle, like the small, like little local castle in the distance that I was just kind of observing. I was looking around, very simple. It was just like difficult. 
And then it switched into another past life where I was one of the nobility living in the castle, looking out into the village where I had been suffering. So there's this very interesting dichotomy of like um, scarcity and abundance and also my emotional state in each of the lives because I was very um, sad and depressed in the the wealthier one. And I was kind of kind of okay in the scarcity one, but I, I, I can see how I can work with those energies in this lifetime too and balance it because my Gemini moon can be a little bit like unbalanced sometimes and just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is fascinating to work with and just like figure out what is going on. And doesn't it just bring you some insight? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really like to teach around past lives is not attaching to the life because, you know, we can't make up for what we did. And, you know, there's no use really attaching to maybe who you were, if you were, you know, not the best person or whatever it is. But, you know, the fact that those two lives came in, in that space of, you know, kind of this duality of the two, it really brought you such a powerful message that working with that Gemini moon is so perfect for you in this lifetime that you can understand and embody and work with. And I think that's such a cool thing about past lives. They they only show up when it's really necessary, I find, you know, I do readings all the time and they don't show up for everyone. And that's not to say you didn't have a past life. It's just, it's not relevant in this time and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that. It's really interesting. I find they come up sometimes in that kind of, it's like both perspectives and you get them at once. And that's because it really tells you kind of a more well-rounded story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's definitely something to be said about following your interests, like that you were so obsessed with learning about Egypt, like clearly a reason. I feel that way about um, Native American culture. Uh, Like I'm obsessed and I feel deeply connected. I'm not really sure why. It's the reason I even came to California. Like I was researching all along the way and then I saw somebody post something about it. I think just very simply that was like, okay, there's a reason that I am, I'm really obsessing over this and I should just listen to it. And then yeah. I came, I landed in this house where the whole mission of the house is to highlight indigenous wisdom and come back to our roots and um, celebrate um, our native ancestors and, and current family. So yep, just kind of following it. It's a big trust exercise and it's very exciting to have it get validated. Be like, okay, there's absolutely a reason this is all happening. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you have past lives in that space, you know, but even without the knowledge of what the past life was, the fact that you're following it and then the gifts that have opened up from it, that's the biggest indicator that you're meant to be, you know, where you are. And I think that's a beautiful lesson for people of, you know, follow your interests, like what you're saying. If you feel drawn to trying something new, if you you feel drawn to moving across the country, to traveling to a new place, to getting Reiki certified, like whatever it is that's calling your name, you have nothing to lose if you just try it. And I think when we really follow that, that's intuition, right? That's those little inner knowings, you know, that's, that's our spirit guide team coming through and kind of giving us little breadcrumbs, like just follow these, you know, just trust us, trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes back to, you know, us as humans needing to know all the answers and our curiosity is so beautiful. But if we can just sit back and just trust and kind of follow each little breadcrumb that comes in front of us and not be afraid or not think we need to know where we're going, I think that's when we can really open up and find our purpose and find all these things that all of us are craving so deeply. I think it just really comes back to this idea of trusting it and just following it, following your intuition without needing to know where it's leading you. 
Right. Yeah. It also kind of leads me into thinking about just suffering and trauma and pain in these lifetimes and how we can transmute that and almost look at our trauma as like gifts and, and a roadmap to purpose in a way. Yeah. Do you like, what do you find that your clients are coming to you and what are they struggling with the most? What do you see? So there's quite a bit. Um, I, I would say maybe something that's been happening quite recently is a lot of people are having spiritual breakthroughs right now. A lot of people are, you know, as a society, we are having this quote unquote awakening, right? We are witnessing this dismantling and changing and shifts all around us. And I think really with COVID and quarantine, it really, it forced people, not allowed you, it forced you to sit with yourself and start to learn, you know, who am I? What am I doing? And starting to, you know, have those conversations that maybe people didn't have time or space for before. And so I've been really noticing this kind of overarching sense of I'm starting to have this spiritual breakthrough. I'm starting to meditate and things are coming to me, but I don't know what to do with them. Or maybe, you know, they're getting to this point where they're like, I'm just, I'm at like ground zero a little bit and I don't know where to go, but I know the only way is up and I know I can go up. And so I've been seeing a lot of that. And I think it's beautiful, like how incredible that we are all starting to wake up a little bit and have these spiritual breakthroughs and learning about ourselves and noticing that we are connected to nature and to spirit. And we have, there's so much beauty in this work, you know, whatever it is, whatever spiritual modality and things that you dabble in, you know, there's so much beauty in getting to know ourselves better. And I think really everyone who's coming to me with that question of like, well, what do I do with this? You know, what is this trying to tell me? I, I know there's something here. And so I've been working with a lot of women around that space and just kind of using the little break, like they're having this kind of like little breakthrough and then kind of helping them to really push through that and get to the other side. And, you know, I do get a lot of women also who have experienced trauma. And I think that's just really because I experienced a lot of trauma and I'm open about it and I talk about it. And I think creating a safe space for other women to feel seen in, in that space, you know, when you've experienced trauma, or even if you haven't, you know, I think trauma, when we talk about trauma, there's so many different kinds and a lot of the trauma that I see that really affects people in their current life as an adult is when they were a child and maybe they didn't even know it. You know, some of the most fascinating things are when we discover in a reading that, you know, when someone's parents said no to them, just very simply no, maybe that they couldn't come sit at the adult table or maybe they had to put their toys away, whatever it was, that small, simple no that didn't mean anything from the parent changed everything for the child. And so that's another thing I see are these really small instances where we wouldn't think of them as trauma, but they really affect, you know, the rest of your life. And so unpacking those things has been really rewarding, you know, not just for me, but for all of my clients, because we're able to see, wow, I've been holding on to that since I was four years old. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. And now, oh my gosh, everything just feels better. Totally. A lot of that. Yeah. And it seems like 
that's the time where shame comes in and ingrains in us because as we're going into school and like learning how to behave and stand on a line and raise our hands, it's like being told no, just like you were saying, it's like you will be shamed and you'll get in trouble if you do something that's outside of the boundary here. So when that comes up later, it's like, you know, embracing our weirdness in a way and being okay with it is a whole like relearning of how to be comfortable with who we really are. Yeah, it's com- it's complex and it's like constantly unraveling. Constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a life's work and I think there's no better time to start than now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're never too late, you're never too early. And also as we were talking about that, a lot of throat things have been coming through. A lot of women with, you know, whether it's their voice or they feel like they can't speak up or even just manifestations of throat issues. You know, so many, we don't realize that when we have these tickles in the throat or we're, you know, getting maybe sick and things are happening in the throat, those are manifestations of energy, trapped emotions, trapped energy, trauma that's in the body. Mm -hmm. And a lot of throat stuff has been coming forward a lot. And a lot of it's connected with past lives as well. And that kind of brings us back to this awakening, you know, we're starting to awaken. And as we awaken, we're remembering things or energies coming through from our past lives when maybe we were, you know, punished for having this awakening or using our voice, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has been coming forward, which is amazing because if we clear it, how powerful for all of us women to stand up and to use our voices and to actually speak our truths and feel empowered in that space is it's everything so powerful and i feel like this is like a bigger shift that we're talking about too with this kind of global awakening in a way it's also allowing like women to step into their power again and and transmute a collective trauma of like literally being burned at the stake for like healing each other and that was pretty recent so it's like it's just pretty recent. So it's, it is a big deal for us as women to be doing this work and to be talking about it. And, um, I feel very grateful to be in a community. I mean, we talk about this stuff all day, but you know, hopefully people listening just feel like they can express themselves, but oh my God, it's so fascinating how our body reflects our um, emotions, isn't it? Like I've been thinking about that too. Like I've been getting just like heavier cramping than usual in my abdomen. I never get that. And I'm like, how is it related to my security, my creativity? It's like, okay, there are clear things going on in my life right now. And as I ease those and unwrap, unpack those um, and write about it, my pain eases very literally. And I hear that with a lot of my sweet healer friends, like their clients will be giving them testimonials. It's like, wow, my back pain just cleared up. Like, because we released all of this like trauma. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. And I, you know, it's so empowering to know that, right? Mm -hmm. So much of the work that I do, like, I want people to have these tools and understandings for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to just depend on me. I want to give it to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so, such a beautiful place to be where you can, like you said, like, think, okay, this pain, where is it coming from? What is it connecting to? You know, pulling the understanding of what chakra that's connecting to, what energy you might be pulling in. Okay. And then I can work with it. Then I can release it. Then I can, you know, journal about it. I can make shifts in my life. I can do kind of the physical things and the pain will release. Mm -hmm. I, it is so amazing when I have a client who has been dealing with, you know, chronic pain and they tell me it's gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, what 
it's just it you can't even you can't even speak you can't even say anything about it it's just like <laughs> wow yeah, and yeah. i find that that happens quite a lot because pain is such an indicator of energy and emotions that we're holding on to and when you have the bravery to clear that then you're already starting the process by just showing up and wanting to make a change and starting to you know want to understand what's going on underneath the pain the cramps whatever it is you're starting the process and i think that's something that you know as a society we're starting to learn a bit more about you know we can't just mask the pain with something to make it you know go away because then you're not getting to the deeper understanding of it the deeper root cause what's really going on in there you know, taking a medication for something isn't going to release the energy of it or release the emotion or release the trauma. It's deeper than that. And that's why I really feel strongly that this work, you know, intuitive healing, all of these different modalities are going to become more and more widely understood and used because it works and it's Absolutely. powerful, mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah, it makes me think too about how sometimes we get comfortable in our suffering and we start to get attached to a loop of suffering because it's like it becomes an identity. Like I see this, you know, often in one of my dear friends, like he's just attached to his identity as somebody in pain and he can name it. He's like, oh, but I'm like, are you really ready to get out? Because you, you literally could today, you could break it. Yeah. And it's just like, he, he's just attached. It's, it's so, so it makes me think about like, where am I attaching? What stories are looping through me that are manifesting in my body as well? And how yeah. can we clear those? It is brave. It's very brave to say, because you change who you are on like a cellular level. And that can be really scary. You have to have courage. Mm -hmm. And that's why not everyone is running to do this work because it's scary. And it forces you outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, that attachment to suffering is very real because it's comfortable, right? Even though that doesn't make sense, like I'm suffering, but you're comfortable. You feel like you're safe. And the subconscious mind will love to keep you there because who knows what's on the other side. Even though it might be fantastic and wonderful, there's so much fear around the unknown. And so it takes very, a lot of courage, bravery, strength. Mm -hmm. to really get to that other side. And, you know, I tell my clients that all the time, like, you are so brave. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. And because it takes bravery. Yeah. The courage to literally just live. And I only say that because I've experienced um, deep depression where I was so, it was like literally comfortably numb. Like yeah. it, it felt so comfortable to just sleep all day and just hide. And it was an excuse for me to not um, do much. And, you know, it was, I was, it was a total cop out and it really took a whole shift to say, okay, I'm ready and it's going to take effort, but it's, it's so yeah. worth it. And we can always break these things, which is the beautiful part. It's like, we are, we are never stuck. I was thinking about that with a buddy. We we're just talking like, if everything crashed, we could just run off somewhere and just meditate for the rest of our lives. Like, well, there's always an option. Like it's all going to be so okay. True. Right? So true. Yeah. And that idea of we're never stuck is fascinating because when you really think about it you know you you're really never stuck you can always change but do you want to are you willing to do you have the courage to we keep saying that but courage is everything mm -hmm. and you know so many of us find this work spirituality meditation healing from darkness absolutely and that's 
something that needs to be talked about. You know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. We're not just, you know, sitting on our cushions and going to different planes and it's fantastic and wonderful. Yes, there's all those moments and you can get to that enlightenment, but it usually comes from the mud, you know, no mud, no lotus. I think that is so simple, so powerful and something that so many of us should remember and remind ourselves. So if you are in the darkness, you can change. It just takes a moment. And I think I, I can speak from my experience. You know, when I was really in the darkness, it just took one thing to shift. And I just told myself, I'm changing. Like I'm yeah. doing it. I'm changing. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I told myself I was changing. And then I, I started to. I started right. to seek things out to support that. And that's what we were kind of saying too about like making the decision and then surrendering the outcome, like, or the how it's going to happen. Because once you make the decision, like it's going to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Universe. You just have to put it out there, you know, put it out there, Mm -hmm. surrender, but then also take action. I think that's the piece that maybe people don't always do. And then they're wondering why they're still in the same place. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, you can set the intentions, you can manifest, you can do it all but you need to embody and embrace the energy and take aligned action in that way. Mm-hmm. So you want to change, you know, you don't have to know what the big picture is, but do a small thing to put right. you in that direction. Totally. It's like luck is when preparation meets opportunity kind of thing. It's the same thing because like we're working in tandem with it. And it's like, I think the beautiful X factor is like, as you take those action steps, these serendipitous moments come in and you're just like, okay, this is, this is how it's happening. Cause I'm moving forward. But yeah. so well, your cool. guides, your guides want you to know that you're doing it. They want to support you. They want to be there. They want to give you guidance. And I find that so often when we're in these dark, deep places, we don't actually want those little serendipitous moments or we're not seeing them. We're not acknowledging them. And so once you make the change and you start taking those steps, your guides are like celebrating. They're so excited. They want to give you all the gifts of the universe and they want to see you really step into your purpose. But it does have to come first from you making that decision. Mm -hmm. Your guides are, spirit guides are incredible. Mm-hmm. And they just want you to win, you know? They want mm-hmm. that so deeply. But you have to start, you know, listening and making those shifts for yourself in order for them to really be able to support you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, I could ask you questions for hours. It's like you so much. But for people who want to work with you, how can people find you and, and check out what you're up to? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. My name is Nicole Marilyn. My website is also NicoleMarilyn.com. And I have a lot of fun things happening. Uh, you can work with me one-on-one in readings, I have many different kinds. I also have different group opportunities. And I'm also launching a really fun spiritual mentorship program for that woman who is having that breakthrough, doesn't know what to do with it, wants you know support and guidance along the way. And I'm really excited about that. So I always like to say, you know, my DMs are open. I'm a real person. I love to talk to people. If you have questions, this work is weird. It's different. You know, it's not something that you learn about in school. And so for anyone who's even just curious what a medium is or whatever it is, you know, I'm always here to chat with anyone. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're just such a great speaker. And I just learned so much from you. So I really appreciate your presence and... I'm excited for people to get to know you better, but 
Thank you so much. I'll link that all in the show notes so people can find you. All right, my friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I hope that you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And if you feel like a buddy might benefit from this conversation, please do send it along. And of course, everything that we mentioned in the episode today, all of those links are in the description below. And yeah, hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. A couple more things on my end. Um, If you go to HelenDenham.com, you'll find links to work with me one-on-one. My confidence course is available there. You'll find links to all the past podcast episodes and blog posts and links to my music. You can sign up for my self-care Sunday newsletter that goes out every week. And I'm also now teaching meditation class on Sunday evenings, 8 p.m. PST with Unplug Meditation Studio in Santa Monica. You can join me virtually or in person. It would be so fun to meditate with you. So thank you so, so much for being here. Uh, If you're new to the show, episodes drop every Wednesday morning and I can't wait to continue connecting with you. Talk to you soon. 